گیری تان رسوتانتی تی سیکسی Are you sure you're saying that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it says. That's what it says here, right on my screen. Yidi tanre sutan titi sixi. Does it say, have a great weekend, everyone? Yeah, but in what language, Gareth? In what language? Ooh. Is it Vietnamese? Oh, my God. Very close. Very close. <laughs> um, maybe pad... Hi. Delicious. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to episode 24. Yidi tonre su sixi. Ah, kap kun ka. Kap kun ka. How are you this week? Oh, it's busy. So, no, that's stupid. I'm not going to say I'm busy. I say, I'm busy. Really. <laughs> I always say that. I'm yeah, busy. So. I know. People say, we're, what are we doing? We're not busy. We're just sitting around talking. <laughs> so busy. Okay. <laughs> cut. Cut. Hard cut. How's your week been? Okay, so I'm not going to say I'm busy, but I am excited for my weekend because I'm going to go lake swimming. That's what they do here in Canada, lake swimming. Which lake are you swimming in? Uh, the wet one. Geography, not your strong point. Uh, the one, like, a 20-minute bike ride from where I am. <laughs> I think it's called Lake... The Great Lake. No, that's actually what they're called. How long have you lived in Toronto for? So I haven't had to do the... Um, the citizenship exam yet this could be a question on there i think this is likely to be a question on there this is when i'll start to learn about this country that apparently i want to be a citizen of (laughs) they seem excited to have you anyway (laughs) well actually no i submitted my application back in february and i haven't heard anything back radio (laughs) silence um do you have any feedback for us this week Oh, not huge amounts, but I did have a catch-up with John Sadler this week, so it was good to actually have a bit of face-to-face debrief on uh, all the things that he'd like us to improve on the podcast, oh. so... <laughs> I'm just... Okay, just hold on. Let me just open up our spreadsheet. John Sadler, yeah. checkmark, one. Great. Okay. <laughs> Definitely winning now. No, it was... Um, it was nice to actually have a face-to-face catch-up with, you know, a real person because my social skills aren't great at the best of times. So I'm still, like, feeling my way in this sort of post-lockdown new normal, but progress. How did he look? How did he look? He looks good, actually. No, he looks really good. Did he have some work done? <laughs> very what you're surprised. <laughs> How about you? Any feedback? Oh, yes. We have to give a very big shout out to my brother's secretary in Melbourne. Her name is Kate. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kate. Um, she apparently listens to us. Long time listener. First time caller. Not really, because she told us to give her a shout out. But she actually listens to us with Urban Dictionary open. She doesn't understand what we're saying. What is she Googling on it? <laughs> Felching. Oh, <laughs> snowballing. Right. No, fair enough. Alaskan hot dog. What does that mean? That's when you use your poop as a dildo. Like you freeze your poop and then you use it as a dildo. That's not a thing. You're making that up. Kate, can you please Urban Dictionary Alaskan hot dog? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also think that we need to give a reminder about snow globers. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. This was actually, this was actually, I wasn't asked. like this wasn't a request. This was part of my thing. So I need you to be a little bit more excited, Gareth. <laughs> Try that on me Exactly. Again. Literally, I like watching your face because it's also quite expressive, actually. Poker face Johnson is what they call me. <laughs> okay, let's start again. So I also think it's really important that we actually put a reminder out about snow globers. 
Yes, because we're actually totally serious about this, and it's gonna be actually happening. We have confirmed start dates for Snow Globers. T-shirts are being printed. I say no more. I say no more. Maybe we can run through who is actually already on our list, so then we can try and get more countries, people in other countries also involved, right? So we have Treacle in the UK. Yes. We have James in the UAE. I think he's in Dubai. He's either in Dubai or Saudi. I think you said he was in Saudi Arabia, but probably best to leave his location a bit ambiguous just in case he gets hunted down for being a snow glober. The desert. Yes. He could be in Antarctica. That's also a desert. Hello, geography. Anyway, who else is on your list? That's it. No, there's um, Brian in Sydney and Tristan in Munich. Yes. We do also technically have Shion in Melbourne. If he actually would finally get off his ass and like, come on. We wanted to do a whole segment about gay brothers and he refused. But maybe we don't need him anymore if we've got Kate. So we've got Kate in Melbourne. Oh, that's, yeah. Do you know what? Not you, Shion. We're going with Kate. So we're getting a pretty good spread across the globe. So the concept is really coming together. Yes. I think we should probably also look for somebody maybe in um, the Far East. You can't say that anymore, can you? Oh no, you can't say the Orient. Oh, you don't mean you don't mean the Middle East. You mean yeah, the Far East, because the Middle East is in the middle. No. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, <laughs> baby steps with that geography. So someone in Asia, Japan, China, Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Singapore. You know. Around there, Thailand. Uh, Rishi Pal's in India, so oh, that's... Oh, Rishi Pal, yes. That's quite a big area to cover for one person, but uh, so we could probably <laughs> have a few more it. people. <laughs> no, well, it's a big task, but you're right. There's a lot of countries that we haven't ticked up, so there's plenty of scope for people to get involved. Oh, the Ket Boys in Belgium. Oh, totally. Philippe in Brussels would be perfect. Yes. So we have got quite a few countries covered, but obviously there's lots more to go. And to be honest, it's not doesn't have to be one person per city or country. We can no. take multiple correspondents from around the globe. Yes. And just a reminder, the concept is tell us about your what's happening in your gayborhood. So just DM Gareth or I and we'll send you what you need to do. But we want to hear what's happening in your world, in your gayborhood. Snow globing. Snow globers. Snow globers. Snow globers. Snow globers. Where snow globers become good friends. Yeah, I'll work on that. This episode is brought to you by Gaydar.net, the original gay dating app. And don't forget to tell your friends to listen to us and also to subscribe because snow globing is for everybody. Oh, I haven't done my hair yet, but he's here. Our guest is here. Our guest this week is the go-to hairstylist for everyone from Tamar Braxton to Michelle Obama. He's a television star who is as at home on VH1 as he is on Air Force One. Please welcome to the stage, Johnny Wright. I love that. Thank you. You know, one fun fact is a lot of people don't know this. I've actually never done Tamar's hair before. We just co-host together on the show. I've never done a hair. Is it because she won't let you do it? Oh, no, no, no. It's not that. It's just... You know, when we co-hosted the show together, we met at the White House when she was on The Real and she interviewed the first lady, oh. right? That's when we met. We had a bunch of friends in common, but I wasn't her hairstylist, of course. I was working with Michelle Obama. And then when we did the show, we started we worked together as co-hosts for the show, but I had my own hair and makeup team and she had her own hair and makeup team. So I actually never done a hair. Actually, we also forgot hashtag HOTUS, H-O-T-U-S. Yeah. Hairdresser of the United States. 
Hodis. Hodis. That name was given to me by Oprah Winfrey, actually. She called me Hodis one time and she was at the White House and I just stuck with it. I was like, if you're going to call me Hodis, I'm going to be Hodis. It's endorsed. It's Oprah endorsed. Everything she touches turns to gold. So I'm just waiting on them to get shiny. Johnny, when did you discover your passion for hair and beauty and realize that this was what you wanted to focus on? So I started doing hair really, really young. I started dreaming about hair around the age of nine, 10 years old. And I did my mom's hair for the first time when I was like 11. But my grandmother was a hairstylist. She she did hair. She started doing hair when she was 13. She did hair since she was 91 years old. Wow. Her name was Minnie Brown. And so that's where I think I spiritually got it from. Um, and I, my passion for it became more strong throughout the years. But yeah, I started doing hair when I was 11 years old. And I had a full clientele by the time I was 13. So it's in your blood. There's in my blood. My father built the salon for me in the basement of our South Side of Chicago home. When I was 14 years old, I had uh, two assistants uh, by the time I was 15. And then by the time I was 17, I had two assistants and a secretary oh. working down in Johnny's basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never done anything else but hair. I've always worked for myself. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 11 years old. Do you remember, like, the first kind of hairstyle? Like, what was your go-to hairstyles when you first started? Like, what did you do with it, with hair? So the very first hairstyle idea was on my mom and I did a French roll on her and I actually put some glued in tracks in. I don't know how I knew how to do that on my own, but I did. And then um, I, I I stuffed her French roll with tissue because uh, I didn't know anything else that I stuffed it with tissue, but it looked amazing. And that was my first, first hairstyle idea. So my mom was my first client. And Johnny, who would you say is some of your beauty icons or inspirations? Um, I would say my mom is one. Um, I been working with Tamron Hall for about 20 years now. I think she's just naturally gorgeous. Uh, Lisa Ray McCoy, who was my first first lady. She was the first lady of uh, Turks and Caicos. And then, of course, Lenny Kravitz for me. <laughs> He's my fashion icon. I, I love him. But those are pretty much a good roundabout number of people. <laughs> now, your client list is about as A-list as it gets. How do you break into the world of being a celebrity hairstylist? Yeah, well, you know, there's no real blueprint to it. There's several different ways to get introduced to it. Um, for me, I started working with celebrities through uh, makeup artists who was my mentor at the time. His name was Landis Johnson. And um, he was in Chicago and he did all the celebrities that came through Chicago. And because we were a team and since I was here, he was makeup. He would recommend me when celebrities needed hairstylists in Chicago. And that's how I started working with different celebrities. And then from there... What really took it a little further is we end up doing this commercial together, which is American Family Insurance. It's a regular commercial, and it was booked through an agency, and this agency was a hair, makeup, wardrobe, photography agency. And Landis recommended me, and I ended up becoming, like, grandfathered into the roster of this agency. And he is still my agent to this day. He's the reason why I met Michelle Obama, um, because he ended up booking me with her for a magazine photo shoot. So the, having an agent helps as well too. Um, it's not as easy to get to agency as it used to be back in the day because everybody is doing it. But um, having an agency as well uh, works for me. And then putting yourself in those in those rooms, in those um, you know uh, environments. I moved to Los Angeles because I knew that's where the bulk of the celebrities were. And I moved to Los Angeles in 2007 and I worked at a very high-end um, uh, beauty salon, which is Frederick Fakai. Frederick Pakai at the time was the number one salon in the country. Um, and 
because of that, they worked with celebrities on red carpets and appearances and things like that. So I would get booked with celebrities through that way and they would just keep me on um, as their stylist. So it's so many different ways to do it, but you know, you have to have the mindset, you have to have the professionalism, you have to also have just the pure desire to do it. You know, you always, always tell people you get the desires of your heart. So you have the desire to do it, it will come to you eventually. Oh, that's good to know. Tell us a little bit about your show to catch a beautician. How did that sort of concept come about? This is why I still keep Facebook to this day. I'm never on Facebook. I never even post it. But what happened was the casting director reached out to me on Facebook. His name is Seven, um, a beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, he's now a friend of mine. Um, he reached out to me on Facebook and he said, hey, I'm casting for this show. You know, I think that you will be great for it. And I was like, okay, sure. They brought me in. I did the stuff tape. They liked it. I came back and did an audition. And then I did the chemistry test with Tamar because I didn't know who the co-host was prior to that. And then that's when it was a, like a done deal because we got so much great chemistry together. And once they saw that, I pretty much had the job right away. That's how it worked out. If people haven't seen it, they should, for starters. It's like, in my mind, I find it's like feel good as in like extreme makeover when people like get to do the whole glamour thing and they, you know, yeah. there's education, there's hair education in it too. And then there's like the drama of like Maury. Like when Tamar busts out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you want the drama, you want the education, you want it to feel good. That's the kind of show that it is. That's a great way to describe it. I used to always describe it as a, a blend between botched and to catch a predator. <laughs> you have a little bit of both of those in there because you have that little, you know, that suspensefulness of like, what's about to happen next? But then you get the look makeover and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun. The show's a lot of fun. Did you ever have anyone, like, once they realized that they were being sprung, did anyone run out? Yeah, we had about three or four. You know, we did 20 episodes. We had about three or four people who were just not having it and they wasn't with it. They were like, no, I don't I, I don't like this. Get me the heck out of here. <laughs> um, but, you know, we talked them off the ledge and they were able to stay. I think we had only one person that just did not stay in the night. Yeah. And that, that was pretty impressive out of 20 episodes. You know, lockdown for some of us has been worse. I feel like some people have suffered harder than others. But no one else has suffered more here in Canada than hairdressers. Mm, yeah. They haven't opened up at all. I think they've opened up even less times than gyms. Wow. But we want to know, what are we meant to do? What kind of tips and tricks can you give us for our hair? Yeah, so, you know, that's one thing that I would say that the industry has been affected worldwide uh, because it's so much touching and so much close contact involved. Um, so... We suffered a lot here as well, too. Luckily, I have not, my career has not, as a recent, has not been dependent on salon income to make my money, but I have a ton of friends who are in the industry and they're, they're, they have been struggling. So luckily, and thankfully, we're getting back into order here. But I've actually answered a ton of questions like this over the pandemic. And one thing I would say is I've looked at it as a time to give your, your hair a break a little bit. Yeah. You know, because we do a lot of manipulation to the hair. We add heat to the hair. We're blow drying the hair. We're pulling the hair. <laughs> we're braiding the hair. We're combing. We're doing a lot to it. So you kind of could look at it as just a time to just give your hair a little break. Oh, holiday. Yeah. Leave-in conditioners are great. Moisturize your hair. Steam treatments are excellent. All the treatments that you can do to your hair, that you can do yourself, that you can safely do at home, I think it's necessary to do that now. 
as far as scalp care is concerned, make sure you massage your scalp daily. It will help in blood circulation. Gareth, do you do that? Do you touch your scalp? All the time. We touch other places daily, but like, do you touch your scalp daily? <laughs> Can we talk wigs? Oh, of course. Yeah. So, you know, in the pandemic, I've definitely tried to up my drag a bit. But what I want to know is, like, when you were learning about wigs, what are some, like, basic things you can do to a wig? School us on something you can do with your wigs. So with wigs, you know, there's so many different ways to approach wearing wigs and get into the wig game. Um, Of course, for me, I like it to look as natural as possible. So getting a custom-made wig is really important. That requires that you get your scalp measured, your head measured, and all that kind of stuff. The whole circumference of your head measured. Um, and picking out the materials for your lace, um, the texture to match your texture greatly, and all those type of things. So that's like the ultimate. That's mm. what the kind of that's the only thing I do with my clients. I only do custom wigs. I have a, uh, an amazing wig designer for that. Outside of that, if you're buying wigs in the store. You know, there are certain things you can do to make it look more natural. You can thin it out if you really want to make it more natural. But if you want to dramatize it, you also can add tracks to it, whether you bond tracks in or you glue tracks to it. All those things are good. Get you some concealer if you're using lace front that matches your skin. So that way you can kind of make the the um, the lace kind of melt into the skin a little bit and look more natural like it's coming out your hair. Um, and just get it to match your skin tone and then it will look really good. Typically, the scalp is a little more pale than your actual skin because it doesn't touch the, the sun. So you want to get it to kind of match your scalp more so than your face. But that will that way it will look more natural. Um, and taking your time with it as well, too. And what's underneath is, is, is important. Getting your hair as flat as possible underneath, whether you braid it down or put a stocking cap on it or whatever it is, get it as flat as possible because that way it'll look a little more natural, even if you're dramatizing it and look like it's coming out your scalp. But wigs are fun. I think they're, you know, it's nice to add to your accessory catalog. And, um, you know, I love doing wigs, but I also like making wigs very natural. What about you? If you had to make a wig for yourself, what would it be? Yeah, I never even had any interest in wearing a wig. But if I were to wear one... Um, what kind of style? I'd probably wear a bob. Uh, I, I like bobs. I like I like shoulder length hair. You can do a lot with it. It's like a power bob, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you could very blunt, but then you could add texture to it. You could do a straight back. You had a side part. You could middle part. It's a lot of things you could do with it and have a lot of fun. So versatile. Are we talking natural hair color? Yeah, probably jet black. That's my favorite color. It's like yeah, literally jet black. With the work that you do, you're obviously meeting a lot of different people in a professional capacity. Have you ever had any workplace romances? Huh. Um, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I have. I had a couple. So here's the thing. I know it's going to sound, this is going to be horrible, but I gotta, I'm just going to say it. This is what it is. One of my bucket list things to do when I got started with the first lady was to hook up with a Secret Service guy. And uh, so I, I hooked up with one six months ah! in. <laughs> so I was going to check that off my bucket list. Well, I always assumed it would be easier. This is, I don't know how this is going to come out. Um, it's going to be easier for straight people in a way, because at work, like, you can just kind of, like, go somewhere. Things are, things are made for on-the-run fun. Yeah. Whereas... Some men, Gareth, your face is just screwing up. I'm just saying that we're not all like bottom ready. I can't no, just no. like go into 
I don't want to go into the White House closet and then like accidentally have a shit and then leave. Like that would be embarrassing. That's going to be on camera somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. It didn't happen at the White House. It happened um, when we were on a United Nations trip to New York, actually. And me and him went out and had drinks. Oh. And he, at the time, you know, there was certain secret services that stayed in the hotel with us. And there was a certain secret service that stayed in the hotel nearby. Um, so we le- we went and had drinks and we went back to his hotel. At most workplaces, like the gays know each other. Like you kind of like know who is who isn't. Like is that the same when you were working at the White House? Yes and no. You know the thing about it is, it's like you know when you work in the political environment, um, there's a lot of people that are in the closet, um, and there are a lot of people that are not living their lives freely. So I wasn't able to always, you know, know right away. And a lot of times, even with this particular, I was very shocked. I had no idea. The last thing that we want to kind of do with you is play a fun little game that I made up. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to present to you some pretty common gay scenarios. And as I find that with gay men in particular, when we're going through a crisis, uh, we love to just bleach our hair. Yeah. You can tell there's a gay in crisis when they bleach their hair and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go blonde now. And it's like, okay, who hurt you? Who dumped you? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to present to you these scenarios and I'll give you two choices. But one of them will always be bleach my hair platinum blonde. Okay. 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 I'm going on a date. First full date since the pandemic, but it's proper. Restaurant, oysters, champagne. He'll even pay for the Uber for me as well. Oh, okay. So what do I do? Like, what do I do with my hair? Do I bleach it? Or do I just do like frosted tips? And we're talking like home frosted tips. I would say bleach your hair. Oh, bleach my hair. Just get it out. Just do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Show up. (laughs) One time I actually bleached my own hair with like um, floor bleach. Oh, God. I smelt for a few days, but. Interesting. I'm sure it was kind of orange. It was just like a little sun kiss. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. Hooking up for the first time after chatting for months. So like, I'm hooking up with somebody I've never seen them before. Do I bleach my hair or do I get bangs? I think bangs are sexy. Go with bangs. (laughs) Homemade, like, does this thing work where they tie the thing, like they tie their fringe together in like a little ponytail? And then you snip it across? Yeah, I don't believe in any type of home um, haircut. <laughs> I say go to Supercuts or something. Just go somewhere and get it cut. Even if it's cheap, let somebody else do it for you. Okay, last one. They've run out of Frappuccino syrup at Starbucks. And I can't get my venti oat milk, two pumps caramel, two pumps syrup with whipped cream and chocolate sprinkles, caramel Frappuccino. There is a Starbucks one block away, but I'm here now. This is a real crisis. So like, again... Do I bleach my hair platinum or do I just go for like a pastel color? Oh, I like pastel. <laughs> go for a pastel color. Like pinky, mint. Yeah, either one of those. Pinky, mint, or a rosé will be nice even. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like pastel. And then finally, we definitely can't have our show without the island. So three people come ashore. You're on a deserted island. Okay. You need to do one of three things to them. So you either need to boot them off straight away. You can sleep with them, but then you need to boot them off. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last one, you just keep for company. Just to, like, chat with. Okay. 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 Okay, so your three options to choose from are Kerry Washington, Michelle Obama, and Queen Latifah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, ah. I would want to spend time with Queen Latifah. 
Um, oh God, this is so weird. Uh, and because I spent so much time with Michelle Obama for eight years, I could boot her off right away. Done. Yeah. Don't need any more. Had all the quality time. Exactly. All right. Bye bye, Michelle. And then um, Carrie would be the one that I would sleep with and then boot her off. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. That's so weird. I, I know. Like, <laughs> okay, well, that's the end of the episode. Make sure to subscribe and tell your fans. Remember, snowballing is for everyone. Follow me, Johnny, on Instagram at johnnyright220. That means second to none. And follow Ming on Instagram at heymingling. And follow Garrett on Twitter at GTV London. This episode was presented by Gator.net the original gay dating app. Tune in next time for more snowballing and more gay nonsense.